Real Talk with Grace Redmond features conversations with fierce and fabulous people from Grace's community and circle who inspire others with their stories of overcoming challenges to create amazing. Grace is an entrepreneur and success coach who works with individuals to diminish their negative mental chatter, boost their confidence, achieve their goals, and increase their prosperity mindset. Get ready for a series of Anything Goes conversations with remarkable men and women that will get you jazzed for life's unlimited possibilities of success, freedom, and fun. Welcome to Real Talk with Grace Redmond. I'm so excited today so to have our guest and just want to just I'm grateful to be here on another episode of Real Talk where I get to have real life raw conversations with incredible people from my circles and communities who have just overcome challenges and and created fabulous. I mean, I'm so grateful to be doing this and connect with these incredible people every week. And today I'm super excited about my guest. She's amazing. My guest today is Michelle Pettis. She is an author, speaker, food story finder, experiential eating expert, and recovering food addict. Her debut book, Leaving Large, The Stories of a Food Addict, features personal and powerful stories that chronicle a lifetime of eating for all the wrong reasons. After gaining and losing 700 plus pounds over four decades, Michelle finally discovered the secret to ending the battle between her mind, body, and hunger, her food stories. By unlocking her own unique food stories, Michelle debunked long-held misconceptions and misconnections about the purpose of eating. Armed with these insights, she now teaches others how to find their own food truths. Michelle studied at Wiley College in Marshall, Texas, and went on to earn a bachelor's from the University of Texas at Arlington. Born in Los Angeles and raised in Marshall, Texas, she now resides in Annapolis, Maryland, and I'm really excited to welcome Michelle to the show today. Welcome, Michelle. Grace, I'm super excited to be here. I'm so excited for you to be here today, too, because this is a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and as I was reading your book, um, I was getting emotional. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was getting emotional reading um, because I struggled with food, and and some I semi still struggle with, you know, with food. And you kind of tying it to the emotions and the stories really hit home for me. So thank you for chronicling those stories and bringing it to life. Yeah, what you what you said um, about being emotional, I hear that. I, I hear that a lot, you know, that the story, people can identify with the stories. And that just that just speaks to the fact that we are all more alike than we are different. Oh, yes, girl. We are more alike than we are different. That's for sure. For yeah. sure. So, uh, you know, the, the, the story, the, the stories, man, it it was so important for me to write them in a way that I felt like what you could what you just said so mm-hmm. that they could be relatable. Mm-hmm. And they could be raw, and the, and that they could be real, um, and that it has been all part of the journey. And that's that's what resonates for me when it's real and raw and authentic. Um, and and you started it from the get that way. And the one of the first stories that I read, like when you were a little girl, one of the first black girls in the school, and just sitting and eating your lunch and feeling isolated. Um, that kind of took me back to to the lunchroom and the way that I did that I coped with feeling isolated and alone was I went back for more chili dogs from the lunchbox. 
the lunch lady was like, you already had three. <laughs> but I was feeding my loneliness. I was yes. feeding my pain. Yes. I, you know, but when you're 10, you don't realize that. No. No, when you, no, when you're 10, when you're 10, you don't realize it. When you're when you're 40, you don't realize it. When you're 50, when you're 60, when you're 70, until you until you sit down and think about it, you don't realize it, right? That's um, and that's what eating for all the wrong reasons is all about. And you know, as I as I and as I coach people and talk to them about learning to eat for the right reasons. I say, here, here are the three questions. Here are the questions we all need to arm ourselves with. One is this. If this food will not give me the body that I say that I want, why am I eating it? That's question number one. Go straight, go, go straight to it. Why am I eating it? Secondly, am I hungry or am I something else? Right? Am I hungry or am I something else? And the the secret to that, the trick to that is that, and I say this from my own experience, is that I spent so many times eating for the wrong reasons, I didn't wasn't even able to identify real hunger. Mm -hmm. So we have to figure out what real hunger feels like to be able to answer that questions. And sometimes, and sometimes we have to sit with it. And the third and the third question is why this food now? Why this particular food now? And if what our food stories do is that they allow us to break the pattern of just just eating, right? And the, you you know when you read my bio, you talked about being an experiential eater, mm -hmm. right? Eating for eating for the experience of it. If we just stop, if we just stop and ask the questions, think before we eat, evaluate before we eat, ask before we eat, just stop for a moment. So, and I agree. So it's awareness. Yes. Help me. So can you give our audience an example of what that looked like for you in one instance? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, even though I'm on the other side of this, it takes work to stay on the other side of it. it does. And, you, and, you, and you have to do it. So I, I, ask, I ask myself these questions all of the time. Me too. Now, and so here I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. All right. Let's see if I can, I want to give you, I want to give you a really good juicy one. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, right when I was you know, writing the book toward the toward the end of the book, I was compiling some of the stories. And if you read the, the story about Hilton Head and the pastor, the pastor needs a plate, then this was in that time period. So my sweetie and I were on vacation. We were in Hilton Head and we were upstairs. We were sharing a, a duplex with some friends and something happened. Right? Something happened while we were upstairs. He did something stupid. You know, you know, men don't do that, right? He gets crazy, <laughs> you know, and it, it annoyed me. I mean, it was it was just like a little tiff, but it was just annoying, right? And so we're we're up there in the bedroom. I go down the stairs. When I go down the stairs, there's some nuts, some trail mix on the table. And as I'm going down the stairs, I reach for the trail mix as I'm walking out of the door. Just a handful of trail mix. And I'm about to put it in my mouth. And I say to myself, why am I eating this trail mix? Because I wasn't hungry upstairs in the in the bedroom when we were having this conversation. I wasn't hungry upstairs at the top of the stairs. Why is it that when I walked by that table and saw the trail mix, I picked up a handful of, I love trail mix, by the way. I, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and so I had to stop and look at it. Is that that conversation had put me in a place of frustration, yeah. some discomfort, a little bit of anger, not a lot, just a little, a little annoyance. And that food, that trail mix, which I like, was a source of pleasure. 
It was a source of distraction. It was a source of something that took me from that moment. It had nothing to do with hunger because if I was up there in the room, I would have said, you know, I'm hungry. I think I'll go get some, I'll go get some breakfast. But I wasn't it, because it's because it was there, right? It was there. I was annoyed and I just reached for it to give myself a break for it. And imagine this, if you have annoyances, right? And microaggressions like that all day long, mm -hmm. if you're in a place of discomfort all day long where you're dealing with stuff and food is just always sitting around and sitting out, what are you doing all day long? You're not dealing with your discomfort. I needed to go back upstairs and say to him, you know what? You're jackass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not eating this kale mix. <laughs> I love you. I love you, but you're a jackass, right? <laughs> that's, that's what I needed to do, right? And so we do, we, we do that all day long. So this book, this book is about raising our collective consciousness mm -hmm. about why we eat what we eat. And if we can just get aware, right? Mm -hmm. And I realized when I was writing it and when I, when I went on the program that I went on to lose weight, when I was like, this is the last time I realized I was eating too much of the wrong things for the wrong reasons. And I was doing it unconsciously. And, and once I addressed the consciousness and the reasons it made dealing with the, what I'm going to eat and the, how much easier I didn't have to fight it. I didn't have to fight it because I, I, I understood what was happening. So if I, what I heard you say is kind of the awareness. Once I know I'm aware, okay, this is the emotion. I'm, you know, what am I feeling? Okay, I'm actually, I'm not hungry, I'm angry. And now I have to deal with this anger, but a lot of us, you know, don't want to deal. So that's where we grab the food. It's, it's the emotional eating. And, yes. and I still do it. I still do it. However, I'm aware of it now. Like, yes. know, I'm like, I'm about to eat this chocolate because I'm pissed the fuck off. Right, right. And, and I allow myself to eat it. And you know what, Grace? It, it doesn't it doesn't always show up that um, that so much in your face like that, right? No. Some oftentimes it just shows up as this thing you feel in your stomach, this little twinge, mm -hmm. and you think it's hunger, right? You think, oh, oh, I think I'll I think I'll get some chips, or I think I'll get this, or I think I'll get this, right? It's because some something something has happened, so that's why we have to stop. Whenever whenever you're in that space and you think, oh, I. I think I'm gonna get whatever. I, I think I want this, whatever it is you want. I want, want some brownies, I want some ice cream, I want some potato chips, I want some nachos, whatever. It's okay, what just happened? Who just came in the room? Who did I just talk to? What just what just entered my space mm. that that caused that? And then you have to you have to deal with that. So this is about, you know what, this is about moving food out of the way so that we can step into our full power so that we can know it's okay. It's not, it's not, it's not, not, not even that it's okay to be angry, right? It's okay. Should, there, there are times when we should, we should be angry. Absolutely. We, we are compelled to be angry and we are compelled to express it. So it's stepping, it's stepping into that because as long as we use food to suppress emotion, mm -hmm. there you go. We will never, ever step into our full power that's right we won't, we won't step into our full power nor will we experience what what is our real gift to the world because our, our gifts are rooted in our pain if we so, never feel it we never get to it so what's 
something someone can do if, okay, now that they're about to reach for the chocolate, they stop, they ask the question, what's something they can do to distract themselves outside of eating the food or, or to yes. kind of get in that, that awareness yes. or to feel like, what can they do? Yes, yes, yes. So I, I am so glad you asked that question because here, because here's the, here's the exercise. I am not hungry. I am not hungry. I am frustrated. Instead of eat, I will. Mm. I am not hungry. I am angry. Instead of eat, I will. I am not hungry. I am sad. Instead of eat, I will. So that I will fill in the blank is different for everybody. But here's here's the connection. Here's the thing that is so important is that people say all of the time without thinking, and I wish this one thing could just happen, my relationship with food. I need to heal my relationship with food. I have a bad relationship with food. I need to fix my relationship with food. Mm, No, 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 no. We manage food. We manage food. We have relationships with people. Mm -hmm. And when we are conscious about managing food and having relationships with people and not looking for food to do what we should get through through people through connection then we can make the shift then then we can make the shift and and the instead of it can be it can be as easy as i'm just going to take 10 deep breaths mm-hmm. it can be as easy i'm going to take a, as i'm going to take a walk you know it it could be i'm just, I, you know i how about this i have worked all day I am tired. I'm going to go home and get something to eat. If you are tired, go to sleep. Tiredness and hunger are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. How many times how many times have we thought that have, have we said that? We have to understand really clearly and this is what I'm clear on and this is what I want people to be clear on is that the only problem that food will solve is hunger. It that that is all. And if you are a praying person, you pray before meal. You know, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. I know a lot of people that do. We pray. Thank you, God, for this food, for the nourishment of our body. Mm-hmm. Right? I would say that prayer, go to a Mexican restaurant and eat five baskets of chips. That goes back to what you're talking about in the book is the stories, the relationship with food. And like you met, um, you had this amazing connection with this, you know, your friend and you connected over the Mexican food and the chips. And so that's kind of connects, like connecting the stories to the food. And so that evokes the emotion. Yes. And, you know, in our um, community and culture, it's like most of our connecting is done over food and drink. Yes. Yes. And it feels so weird to go and be like, no, thank you. No, no, I'm not going to have a drink. I'm not going to have a food. But can we change the story around that? Yes, we absolutely can. And, and we have to, for our own health, we have to change the story. We have to, we have to separate food from the feelings that a food evokes. Food gives me some pretty good damn food. You know, we, we have we Grace, we have we have got to separate it. And oh, I am so and, I, and I am and I am and please don't don't misunderstand me. I am not saying don't enjoy food. I'm not saying food's not good. I'm not we just have to be clear on the purpose. Yes. And we have so many messages that tell us that food is something that is not. 
We, we eat for pleasure. We eat yeah. for entertainment. We say it's culture. Food is our love language. Mm -hmm. food, food, food is our, is our power language. You, you asked me for an example. I'll give you, I'll give you an example that just, that just happened two nights, three nights ago. I went, I, uh, I happened to run into a friend of mine who, who actually had read the book. Right? She was one of the first, she was one of the first people to read the book. And we ended up sharing a hotel room together. And, you know, her husband couldn't come. I needed a room. I stayed in. It's like that. Right. Um, but anyway, so she's bringing in her snacks into the, the hotel room. And I'm like, oh, look, you got some snacks. Right. And she said, oh, yeah, I got them. You know, I have them. I always have snacks. And so she said, oh, here, would you like to try these Teddy Grahams? And I'm like, no, no, thank you. But they're really good. I like them a lot. You should try them. No, no, thank you. You really, you should have, I mean, just one, just one won't hurt you. She came over with me and, and, and I'm like, no, no, thank you. And I was insistent and mm -hmm. she was insistent and she finally got the message. Right. And said, oh, okay. And then I kind of softened it and said, I just had a power bar. So I'm really not hungry. Mm -hmm. The next morning I got up and had a banana. Would you like a banana? I said to her. She said, no, thank you. I said, okay. You, we teach people yes. how to deal with us because right after that, she says, I have some peanut butter crackers. Would you like some? I said, no, thank you. She said, okay. Mm -hmm. Rather than that contentious thing. Mm -hmm. But, but my, but here's what's so important about that teddy bear story in the, in the, that first story that the first, the graham cracker little thing is that in the old days, I would have given in mm. I would just, and I would have fought it. Right. And because and, and, I talk about it in the book, you know, eating, yeah. eating, I didn't want to because somebody insisted. And that was because I believe that their voice was more important and more powerful than my voice. And so when we do this work, we step into our own power. Yes. Over something as little as a Teddy Graham. So it was that. Well, the people pleasing, and I find myself doing that now um, because I know what I want to eat and how I want to eat it. And sometimes I feel embarrassed if I'm going to turn something down because then they're going to think, oh, look at her. She only wants to eat this. Right. And and I, I still do this to this day because I want to fit in. Yes. And And so you just brought something to my attention that as far as I've come, there are still moments where I people please when it comes to food so I can fit in. Yes. And, the, and, and, see, and, that's, and that's one of the reasons why I wrote the book the way that I wrote it. And, and, I, and I talk about eating for the wrong reasons. Because when people say I'm an emotional eater, first of all, we are all emotional eaters. We all eat emotional. We, we all eat out of fear. That's the first thing. If I don't eat, if I don't eat, I'm going to starve. I'm going to die. I mean, that, that, <laughs> I mean, that, I mean that that is that is that is the most that is the reason oh, to eat. Oh my god, I'm gonna, I have fear of missing out on the food. Yeah. So that so so that so that that's the real that's the emotional reason that we all eat. We get into trouble when we eat for the wrong emotional reasons and we overeat. It's overeating emotional. Yeah. But the the emotion that people I hear more often than not, or I hear the most often, is I'm a stress eater and I'm a comfort eater. Mm -hmm. Just just those two, just those two. Nobody mm -hmm. talks about 
eating, uh, and, and to some degree what you just talked about, I'm a, I'm a people pleaser, but people don't talk about eating out of fear. People don't talk about eating out of frustration. People don't talk about eating out of jealousy. Mm, I never even thought about that. So here's, here's this. I'll, 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 share, I'll share with you how that works. So you're on a program, right? You're on a program. You maybe you lost a little weight. You're feeling you're feeling kind of good. You're out to dinner with everybody. The server comes with the dessert tray, brings out all the delicious dessert. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is having dessert, but you're full. But everybody else is enjoying the pleasure of dessert, and you want some because you are jealous of them because they're having some pleasure mm-hmm. that you aren't going to have. And we get stuck. Mm-hmm. We get stuck because the only sense not the only sense, but taste is the sense that drives our behavior. We have we have at least five other senses that we can lean into and get our power. Mm. Taste is not the only way for us to enjoy food. I love that. I love that because it just put a light bulb on in my mind. Taste is not our only sense. So when we're eating for emotion for an emotionally reason, whatever that is, there's another way we can enjoy it is what you're saying through a different yes. sense. It doesn't have to be through taste. Yes. Interesting. I like yes. that. That resonates. Yes. yes. Because here's, here's the thing is that we think I, and I say we, because it was me. I, you know, I did it for 40 years. Yeah, collective. <laughs> I, did, I did it for 40 years. We think that our choice is the food. That's why I say it's not about the food. It's about the story behind the food. We think that food is the end. It is not. Food is a means to an end. Food is just a tool. Food is a tool for how we want to look, how we want to feel, and how we want to show up. And if we make a decision and we start deciding on the results we want to have in our life, we eat to that. Eat to how we want to feel. Eat to how we want to look. Eat to how we want to show up. Let that guide our choice rather than what what does this taste like? For 40 years, that was my only criteria for what I was going to eat. What's good? What's tasty? What's and, fun? And what, what, and kind, kind, you went back to how is it going to make me feel? So the way that, um, you know, the way that what helped me was if I'm going to eat this, what's the benefit to me? And typically the benefit is I'm not going to feel good. I'm going to feel, you know, too full. I'm going to feel drained. And so that started helping me change my, um, manage my, can I say relationship? <laughs> manage How you consume, how you use, how you <laughs> manage, you know, you know, I know we don't want to use the use relationship, but kind of manage my perception of food. And what I noticed is as I started healing, my perception of food started to change. Yes. I wasn't using it as much to cope as I was before. Yes. So as yes. I healed, it just I started to change. My relationship with um, food started to change. What I ate started to change. Mm-hmm. And how I feel, it, it, it's just, I feel like it's a whole healing process that we don't really Absolutely. talk about. And now you're bringing it to the forefront. Absolutely, it, you know it is. It is. It's a. It's a holistic process for sure. Mm-hmm. It is. A, and so, at, at you know the the healing and the food management comes hand in hand, and 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 that's why it's so important to go to the story. 
because if we just focus on the what and how much, we, we never get to the place of healing. We never get there. And why I why when I'm working with clients and, and we start talking about cravings, this is what I say. If you are craving something, if you have a craving for a food, there, there are many places that said, go ahead and have a little bit of it. Have a little bit of whatever this thing is you're, that you're craving. Mm. No. If you are craving something, eat something healthy. Get full. Get full. Eat a piece of, eat some protein, eat a vegetable, eat an apple, eat some fruit, get, get full. Because then what you understand is the only reason to eat, the purpose of food is nourishment and nutrition, and the only problem that food will solve is hunger. So once you get to a place of being full, and if you still have the craving for something, you still have the craving for the popcorn. You still have the craving for the brownie. You still have the craving for the, in my case, the bran muffin. <laughs> brownie. <laughs> right. You, you still have the craving for that. Then what you know is that that food represents an emotional place that you need some healing. Mm. Because you're hungry. Because you're not hungry. You just ate. You just satisfied your physical hunger. That food represents something. That food means something. And so once we start to understand and get to what certain foods mean to us and separate the meaning and get to that, then we can, then we can step into the healing more. And, and that's, I know it's, we talk about that kind of the awareness and the healing, but sometimes it's so unconscious. We don't even really know. That's why we have to ask the questions. And what, <laughs> so then what about beliefs? Like I know in the story I was reading, um, your stories where, you know, grandma always made these delicious meals and they wanted you to finish your plate. Like, and I've heard this before, um, you know, people are hungry, finish your plate. Right. Right. So that's, that's a belief that we have, that we have to finish all our food. And is that necessarily true? No, it's not. They're just stories. We change the, sto we change the stories. Okay. So, so let me tell, I'll, I'll tell you one quick story. I'm going to tell you the backstory of one of the stories in the book. Um, and um, so, you know, I grew up in the South. I grew I grew up in the 60s in the desegregating getting South, desegregating South in a small Southern country town. I think there might have been one Jewish family in my small town and I didn't know one. Maybe maybe I did. I mean, I went to the I went to the shoe store. But nonetheless. So um, <laughs> when, when I when I started working, when I got my first job in advertising, I worked in Dallas and a lot of the big advertising agencies were moving their offices to the southwest. And a, and a lot of the key people in those advertising agencies were Jewish. Right. So. Uh, I'm working for this advertising agency. I'm working for the woman that runs the office. She is like the big kahuna, big cheese, big every. Mm -hmm. And everybody in the office, I mean, everybody in the community would like um, um, supported her, courted, courted her. And so because a lot of the people from New York were moving down, they were Jewish, they were Jewish. Um, a lot of Jewish bakeries, I don't know if you call them, the delicatessens were opening up. Mm -hmm. And so reps and, and vendors would bring in bagels. Right. They were bringing bagels because bagels, that's who the people were. And so I never I didn't know what a bagel was. I'd never seen one. So I, I think I said this in the book. I see I see I see my very first one. And I'm like, oh, my God, those donuts are so big. <laughs> I, laughed. I laughed at that part. And so and then somebody's like, those aren't donuts. They're bagels. I'm like, oh, what on earth is this? Right. So I try it. 
I tried one for the first time. It's kind of hard to chew, right? It's kind of hard to chew and kind of chewy. But everybody else in the office says it's good. I put some cream cheese on it. You know, it's got it's raisins. Kind of, it, it becomes good, right? So now I'm now I'm exposed to this sophisticated New York food that I'm enamored with because this is what all the people in the office say is good, and I'm and I take it home to my little small town, right? I take it home and I share. The bagel. Grandma, look at this. This is a bagel. And she said, what on earth is this? And so, she <laughs> and so she tries it, right? And she's like, and she has dentures, right? And so she's, like, <laughs> she's like, you think this is good? This is tough. This is too hard to chew. No one, no wonder you're so stopped up eating all that bread. I don't, I don't want it, right? So, so my whole my whole point in telling this telling this story is this. My grandmother tried that bagel in 1982. She never ate another one. She didn't care anything about it. It wasn't tasty to her. She didn't like it. It was too hard to chew. Stuffing her, she's not eating it. Well, I'm like, I am. I'm, I, I like it. You know, I like it. The people in the office say it's good. It's going to continue to be good for me. And that's, I got it. <laughs> so, but I'm, I'm saying this as, as, as a, as a, as an old Southern black woman in Marshall, Texas, that bagel didn't mean anything to her. Mm -hmm. For the people from New York, right? They, if they, I don't know if they came from Israel or you know the ancestors came from Israel. This bagel is part of their culture. Is mm -hmm. good. I mean, it, and it was you know it it means something to them, and they were like they were so excited when the reps brought it in because it meant something to them. It is the same food. They didn't care that it was chewy. Right. You boil it and then you bake it and you do all kinds of stuff. They, that's part of the, the thing for them. Mm -hmm. Right. It's all part of the culture. It's all part of the process. It's all part of it's all part of the enjoyment. It is the same food. But but each person has a different story that they associate with the food. So if you are Jewish and you see a bagel, you get all warm and happy. And, you know, you that's associated with it. If you're me. Right. And I have and I have one. I get all warm and happy, too, because it because it it mean, it now means to me that I'm moving up in this advertising mm -hmm. culture. It means that I'm I'm exposed to new and different and sophisticated things. And the more I eat that, the more I'm that to my, to my grandmother. It was it was it was something too hard to choose. She didn't want anything to do with it. Everybody's got a story. Yep. And, so, and that's a beautiful example, because like you said, it's like what? Even even in the food and how we eat it, it goes back to a story. And one of the stories I loved um, that you wrote about the Cinnabon, your aunt would make these amazing cinnamon rolls and that evoked like comfort and fun and reminded you of family and cousins. So anytime you're in, you know, out and you saw the Cinnabon store, like you went to get a cinnamon roll, not because you wanted it, because it evoked that memory. Yes. Yes. And and I re and if you continue with the story, you now understand I rewrote that I rewrote what I feel about it. When I see the Cinnabons now, I still think about my aunt. They still smell good. I go to them. They still look good. I have no desire to eat one. None. Zero. None. Because and I, and I do. Stories. Yeah. I look at it and I think, oh, my God, I wish we had known what we knew now because, you know, my, not my and Dorothy would be a millionaire. <laughs> right. I love those too. And and actually my aunt used to okay, this is gonna age me, but La Petite Boulangerie and yes. have those cinnamon rolls and, and same and same thing. And 
I, I used to, that would remind me of that. But I, I, again, I love how you've taken these exercises that I also use in my coaching practice of reframing, rewriting the stories, but we typically never do it around food. It's always yes. around, okay, I'm feeling angry, what evoked it. And now you've taken that and, um, you know, tagged it to the food. Okay. If I'm going to eat this, what's the story behind it? What are you feeling? Yes. What just happened? Yes. What do you feel it in your body? Yes. And to yes. gain that awareness. Yes. Yeah. And you know, and it, and it is, it is, it is so important really just to, to sit with that. And like you said, reframe it because we can't, we have the power to rewrite the story. Mm -hmm. And the, the, the truth of this is when we rewrite the stories about what we believe about a food, then, then it gives us the power. It gives us to, the power to rewrite the stories in every other area of our life. It's a, it's a muscle. Yes. It's it's, yes. It's, a, it's a muscle. That's right. And it takes practice. And yes. I can speak from my journey with food that I've noticed. Again, it got better as I healed. But each year, even from the time I was ten, because they put me on my first diet when I was ten years old. So from the time I was ten till now. Every year I got a little bit better. Yeah. It takes habit and awareness and consciousness. Yes. And, and I love food and I enjoy all foods. However, with that awareness, I, I, I know like most of the time, like when to stop, what, like, I know if I'm going to eat, I'm eating because I'm upset, but just the awareness itself has helped me. And I yes. know you talked about that quite a bit. Yes. Yes. I mean, once you, once you get to the, once you get to the awareness piece, then, then, then you can do what I call intentional substitution, yes. right? It is so hard. It is so hard for people often to give up something, right? Oh, if, if I don't, if I don't have, really, if I don't have this food, then what am I going to do? So I work with people to come up with the replacement list first. Mm -hmm. you, you come up, come up, come up with the replacement list first, mm -hmm. because when, because when we, when we, you just think I'm, oh, I'm saying I'm depriving myself of French fries, right? I'm saying no to French fries. No, what, what you're doing is you're saying yes to a body that you want. You're saying, you're saying yes to the health that you want. You're saying yes to how you want to live. You're saying yes to how you want to feel. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's, that's the list to come up with the things that we're saying yes to. And when we have a compelling, clear picture of our yeses, then it makes us it makes it easy to say, I'm not going to put that in my body because it yeah. is not going to get me to that yes. And on the, you know, under that is our worth, choosing ourselves, self-love, self-care. Yes. That's, that's the core of it. That's yes. the core of it. That was beautiful. So thank God just light bulb came on. It's like when we know our worth and choose ourselves, that's when we're going to make better choices. Not Absolutely. that we're going to enjoy. It's just we choose to make better choices. And it goes back full circle to the holistic healing and stepping into the pain instead of numbing it through food, through alcohol, through whatever we do. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Grace, what, what you said when you here's here's the other thing is that when you step through the pain, right, instead of numbing it, we have to understand and know that it's better on the other side. Even, yes. even though we don't know exactly what the other side looks like, we just have to believe that it's better. And so it, it is about shifting our mindsets from the very beginning, because, you know, so often people will say, oh my God, I have to go on a diet, right? Uh, and, and right there, it, th there's this, there's this cloud over it 
with, but if you're focused on once I'm on this diet, once I change my eating habits, I'm going to look better. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to live longer. I'm not going to have diabetes. I'm not going to have high blood pressure. I'm not going to have any of these, mm -hmm. these indicators. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't you be happy about that? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Is it? Oh, my goodness. I'm going on a diet so that I can be better in this respect rather than just dealing with this thing that I'm giving up rather than looking at the thing, the thing that you're going to gain once you do it. We have to stay focused on that result and yeah. that staying focused on that result and the joy and the place of being better is what powers us through it freedom. And I've learned also, also when I'm working with my clients, like it's a lifestyle change. Like there's no diet that works. And I can, I'm going to say that there's no diet that works. Mm -hmm. and like, come after me, come after me. It's yeah. a lifestyle change. It's a mindset change. Yep. Yep. It's, yep. A, it's a, that you need to be committed to and consistent with. Yes. Yeah. And you know, the, the, it's a, it's a, it's a lifestyle change and it, it is, it is a fundamental belief, changing your belief yes. about what food means. Yes. It's yes. a fundamental change and where the, and where the diets have their place is that they can get you started. You know, they can, because there, there's some confusion about what to do, right? There's some, there, there's some. Maybe like a routine or, a, or, or maybe I, instead of a diet, maybe like, you know, there's a a program that you could follow. Yeah. That yeah sounds... It can get you started. You know, it, it can get you start. It can get you started and, and help you create some habits that, that help mold the mindset change, yes. that, that mold, the, that mold the belief. Well, you're right. They don't work. What, what works is when you fundamentally change your belief system about yes. the purpose of eating and the, and the purpose of food. Yeah. And, and you just said another great word, habits. Yes. And a lot of the way we eat is habit. We don't even realize it. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. 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 Yep. That so habit. many amazing nuggets. I mean, there's so much we can touch on. And we came on <laughs> habit and programs and the mindset. And there, there's so many different layers to all of this and it's it's, just, it's real it is it's real and, just, and then the something that clicked for me like under all of this is like our self-love our self-worth and choosing us you know choose choosing choosing us so you know grace you know i know we're i know we're um running short on time but i i want to i want to like tell this tell you this one story about being on the other side on this other side on the other side of this thing I went, I'm, I'm in Texas now, but I came home for Texas. Um, um, I came home to Texas for Thanksgiving and I was meeting a friend at a Mexican restaurant. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite places, right? My, my, my favorite food in, in my, in Texas where, where it's my all time favorite food. And she was running in late and really ultimately couldn't make it. So I went, you know, I went to the bar, ordered my favorite jalapeno margarita. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at the menu, trying to decide what I'm going to eat. The server brings the chips and I say to send them back. You know, not because I was going to be tempted. I just didn't want them. Right. And so I said, send them back and I'm looking at the menu and I'm and I'm not really feeling that I want to eat anything. Right. And I'm I'm stunned by that. I'm like, how can I be in my favorite Mexican restaurant and not want anything that's here? And I'm sipping on my, my my drink, kind of trying to figure out why I'm in this place and sitting next to me is a young man, a young man uh, who sees my car keys and he, he makes um, just a comment. And I and I want to set this up, you know. 
I'm, I'm setting this up this way for a specific reason. There was a young man in this young white guy, two white guys in their early 20s or so. And so he said something to me. We started a conversation and I said, well, you know, I'm, I'm here visiting from Maryland. He said, where? I said, Annapolis. So I almost went to the Naval Academy and we talked a little while. Uh, we talked a little while longer. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm a writer. And he said, well, what do you write? And I told him about food stories. And after I told him about food stories, he sat and he said, oh, my goodness, I think you have something. I think you're on to something. I got the chills, Michelle. And I said, why do you say that? And he said, because now I understand why I get sad whenever I eat steak, peas and mashed potatoes. Mm -hmm. That was the meal I was eating when my parents told me they were going to get a divorce. Oh, mm hmm. And as I sat there, and I, it was, um, the today's name was Brian, Brian Rancuzzi and David, I don't know what that was. Brian Rancuzzi. They're in Arkansas. They're, they're in Little Rock, Arkansas. But we sat there, but Grace, here's the thing. We sat there, Brian and David and I, and we talked for two hours. Mm, we, talked for, we talked for two hours. I never ate. I never got anything to eat. He kept looking at me. He said, how old are you? I said, I'm 63. And he said, you're the same, you're the same age as my mama? You're my, you're my mother's age. You're the same age as my mother. You look but, a fabulous girl. But, but we, we talked, but he, we talked about education. We talked about race. We talked about religion. We, we talked about economics. And as I sat there and we had this conversation, I thought the, uh, these are a couple of things that I thought. Three years ago, I would have missed that conversation. I would have never had that conversation because I would have been so focused on the food and the mm. chips. I would have missed this relationship sitting oh, right beside yeah. me. So much would fun. have missed it. Yeah. And in those two hours, we crossed the gender gap, right? We crossed the race gap. We crossed the age gap. We crossed the geographical gap. All because we were talking about this thing that connects us all, which is food. The connection. And that's what it comes down to is just connection and being full from the connection. Yes, it was full from the connection. I left that restaurant never having anything to eat, but completely satisfied. Mm, and there, it's not about the food. No, it's, about, it's the about the connection. Yes. It's all about, con I, I fiend for connection. Yes. And thank you so much for filling me today. <laughs> it's been amazing. And we definitely have to chat more. Yeah, thank and you so much for having me. It has been my, my pleasure. pleasure. There's so much we can touch on. I mean, this has been incredible. So many incredible nuggets of wisdom. And can you please tell our audience um, where they can find you? Yes, 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 yes. So the book, Leaving Large, The Stories of a Food Addict, it it's available on Amazon if you want to get it on Amazon or, or any or any retailer, any, and if you if you don't have it in your library, ask your library to get it. Uh, but you can you can also you can also uh, go to my website, which is leavinglarge.com, www.leavinglarge.com. You can order it from my website. I will sign it. I will sign it and send it to you. And um, you can connect with me on Instagram. I am brand new now on Instagram on YouTube. Also, I am brand new now. And on my Facebook group, I am brand new now. But the best way to get the book is just to go to the website, Leaving Large the Stories of the Food Addict. And we'll also have all of your information, Michelle, um, at the bottom. So everyone will know how to get a hold of you. It's been amazing having you on today. This is a topic very dear to me. 
And thank you so much for all the information you shared. And thank you for those who are watching. I really appreciate you. I'm very grateful. I know there are uh, so many other podcasts that you could listen to, and we appreciate you being here. If you enjoyed it, please share and rate. And until next time, I'm wishing you an incredible, beautiful day and stay blessed. Thank you all so much. Michelle, hang on with me here. All right. Take care, guys. Hey, love. Thank you so much for listening today. I am so grateful for you. I'd like to show you my appreciation by gifting you a free forgiveness self-hypnosis audio download. Part of living the fun and fabulous life is practicing forgiveness. Forgiveness can be such a long and challenging process. My intention is that this forgiveness audio will help you in practicing forgiveness, especially with yourself. Grab it by visiting daretoachieve.com backslash forgiveness. For more inspiring tips, make sure to connect with me on social media. Drop me a line on Facebook or Instagram at Grace Redmond Dare to Achieve. Until next time, keep moving forward towards living your fabulous life.